Welcome, everybody. This is Mark Steiner. Good to have you with us here. So on our lead up to the Annapolis Summit, this is our podcast coming about health care. Uh, we'll be talking to a number of people during this podcast uh, with our partners at Daily Record as we lead up to uh, January the 10th, which is the opening day of the session. We'll be interviewing the governor, the speaker, and the president of the Senate and inviting you all to join us, tell you about how to get there in just a minute. But first, Vinny DeMarco, welcome. Good to have you with us. Mark, always a pleasure to be with you. Vinny is president of Healthcare for All. Right. And as usual, he has things in front of the legislature. Yes, yes. Wouldn't be a year without Vinny in front of the legislature. Well, I enjoy it. <laughs> and sometimes they enjoy me, too. Sometimes. Sometimes, yes. So tell me, so, so what, are the, what are the major issues that you'll be focusing on? Well, uh, at our request during the 2017 session, the General Assembly created what's called the Maryland Health Insurance Coverage Commission. I'm a member of that commission. And this commission has met three times uh, since the session to think about ways to protect Maryland from whatever happens in Washington to undermine the Affordable Care Act. And in my mind, one of the most important things we could do is to bolster the individual uh, mandate, individual responsibility, because that part of the Affordable Care Act, which requires everybody to purchase health care, is critical. Without it, we really can't protect people uh, with pre-existing conditions and make sure they have health care. And we can't have premiums that are that are reasonable. Everybody needs to chip into the health care system. That's why there's this federal uh, mandate that was part of the Affordable Care Act. Unfortunately, Congress is considering repealing it, and the President Trump is considering weakening it in his enforcement. So we're going to propose that in Maryland, we pass a law that simply says you have to have insurance. If you don't have insurance, have you paid the federal mandate? And if you have it, well, you got to pay this uh, state amount. A simple measure, which I think would do a lot to strengthen the Affordable Care Act in Maryland. And, you know, Governor Hogan um, joined a group of other governors several times, and we praise him for this, to oppose uh, repealing the Affordable Care Act. And one of the measures called the skinny repeal, it was all about just the individual mandate. And he signed a letter opposing that because he knew, as he said in his letter, how important it is. So I hope he'll be supportive of protecting the individual mandate in Maryland. So how can we do that state by state? I mean, people could argue that this is impossible to do just in the state of Maryland. Massachusetts has it. Massachusetts had an individual mandate before the ACA, and they kept it. And their premiums don't go up as high as everywhere else. Why is that? What's the connection? The connection is everybody gets insured. They have only 3% uninsured in, in Massachusetts, and they enforce the individual mandate well. So what we're saying is, Let's do what Massachusetts does and bolster the federal mandate in Maryland. We're not talking about a new mandate in Maryland outside of the federal. So if you pay the federal mandate, that's fine. But we're worried, and the insurance companies are worried, that either it'll be repealed federally or the Trump administration will weaken it so that it won't be in place to make sure everybody has health care. And if everybody doesn't participate, premiums are going to skyrocket. So... There's opposition just because people see this as a national issue, which I was just raising a moment ago, and that 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 uh, whether you're talking about um, insurance companies, pharmaceuticals, who set the prices, this is not something Maryland can control. Insurance right? companies support this. Care First and Kaiser, the two insurance companies that are part of the uh, individual market, support getting an individual mandate. Everybody involved in making the Affordable Care Act work in Maryland, I believe, will strongly support this measure to protect the individual mandate. And Massachusetts shows a state can do it. So so where's the opposition to this? I don't know yet. <laughs> we'll, <laughs> we'll, we'll find out. Uh, I mean, hopefully nobody. Hopefully it'll be a really powerful bill that everybody will see we have to do. So now the other bill you're, you're addressing has to do with Big Pharma. 
Yeah, with uh, prescription drug prices. Right. In addition to creating this commission during the 2017 session, the legislature also passed the bill we supported that was introduced by Attorney General Brian Frosch, which for the first time in American history allows a, a, a prosecutor to go after pharmaceutical companies if they price gouge. That law was limited to generic and off-patent drugs. But as of October 1 in Maryland, you can't unconscionably raise the price of generic and off-patent drugs like they were doing before 5,000%, 8,000%. You can't do that without incurring a potential lawsuit from uh, from the attorney general. This was a very, very important uh, measure. And how do we know it's strong? Because the drug companies went to court to try to block it. And luckily, uh, the attorney general's office is wonderful, and they've so far succeeded in district court. It's going up to the Fourth Circuit. And we're filing an amicus brief with AARP and the Public Justice Center to keep that law in place. This law is a very important step in not only making prescription drugs more affordable, but helping do something about premiums because skyrocketing prescription drug prices are reason premiums go way up. Now, as I said, that law was only generic and off-patent. We now want to come back in the 2018 session and handle the brand-name drugs like Savaldi, the drug that uh, can cure hepatitis C. As you know, hepatitis C is a serious, serious problem, infectious disease. One in every 13 African-American children have it. It's very, very serious, but it's really expensive. For $80,000, $90,000 of treatment, it's so expensive that only 20% of Marylanders can get it. The rest of people who need it can't get it. We want to create a commission that will look at this and say, well, in Maryland, the reasonable amount people could pay is this, not this exorbitant amount that, that's out So this is the law that you're pursuing for yes. this, for this 2018 session? Yes, 2018 session, yes. Are you a commission or a law? Well, we're proposing a law that would create a commission. That's what I'm saying. Like right. in the mid-'70s, Maryland created the Health Services Cost Review Commission, which sets the rates for hospitals. It's a, for only one in the country, and it works really, really well. So you're suggesting we need a commission that sets these rates? Yes, for exactly, right. for prescription drug uh, prices. For, for every drug that comes down the pike into Maryland? Only expensive ones. How do you define expensive? Well, the statute says if, if a new drug is costs over 30000 it would have to be the commission would have to look at it. Or if an increase, if a drug is increased more than 10% or more than 3000 and the commission could look at other – if a drug is really expensive, the commission will look at it and determine what is the reasonable amount for Marylanders to pay. And I think it's important for people to understand three ways in which skyrocketing brand-name drugs really hurt people. One is people, if you're uninsured or have a copay or deductible that's high, you can't get these drugs. Even – I mean, for a $80,000 drug, the copay is astronomical for the vast majority of people. Secondly, as I said, Medicaid has to triage. Because Medicaid um, can't afford to give everybody who needs hepatitis C the drug. Even though you're covered, they can only give it to the sickest people. And other people who should get it, and it's infectious, don't, don't get it. And third, it has a big impact on premiums and, and zooming premiums up. Now, one thing I want to emphasize, we are not trying to hurt the drug company's ability to do research and development and things that they need to do. In fact... Right now, as I said, the hepatitis C drug, Savaldi, only 20% of Marylanders can afford it. If you reduce the cost to Marylanders so that 80% can afford it, they can make the same amount of money. So we're talking about really expensive. You're not talking about drugs that are – there are a lot of prescriptions that can cost people two or $300. That, that's a lot for a lot of people. Yes. You're not talking about that. We're not, we're not talking about that unless it's something where the treatment is, is really high. Because it could be the individual drug could be 
two or three hundred dollars, but could add up to a very very high treatment cost. And then the commission would look at that. If 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 this if if it's set that a per, for a particular treatment, the drug zooms up above thirty thousand, we, we'd want to look at it. If you are a victim of prescription drug price hikes, go to our website healthcareforall.com/slash/hearmystory. And in English or Spanish, you could tell us how prescription drug price hikes have hurt your family. And we pass it on to the Attorney General if appropriate, or we could use it to help us get additional legislation. So go to our website, healthcareforall.com slash hear my story. Linda DeMarco, thanks so much for being with us. Thank you for having me. Bye-bye. Now we're about to talk with Delegate Chris West, who represents District 42B uh, in Baltimore County. Uh, who has served also on the commission, the Health and Government Operations Commission, that Vinny DeMarco spoke about just moments ago. And we're here with Delegate West to kind of talk about his perspective on what should happen with the individual mandate, uh, which will be one of the hot issues in this session. Uh, And uh, Chris Walken, good to have you with us. Good morning, Mark. Good to be with you. So you're quoted in the piece in the Daily Record. Um, uh, I'll just read the quote and then we'll pick up from there. The, the, the quote around the individual mandate was, we had the mandate all along, presumably until former President Barack Obama left office. The members of his office were important. I don't think uh, the individual mandate gets us to a solution to the problem. I think the problem is much deeper than that. Let's pick up from that point. What does that mean? Yeah, well, um, I, I tend to speak rapidly, and the reporter did the best he could to transcribe what I said, <laughs> but he didn't really get it totally right, or at least not in enough depth. Okay, well, let's do um, it then. My, my point was that up until a couple of months ago, the Obamacare, uh, also known as the Affordable Care Act, um, was being administered by the people who wrote it uh, eight years ago, and uh, presumably they were enforcing the mandate. And even despite that fact, here in Maryland, we are in a serious, serious problem with Obamacare. So merely continuing to enforce the mandate, in other words, continuing to comply with the original text of the law, that's not going to solve the problem because we are in a terrible mess, even though up until a couple of months ago, the law was being enforced by the people who wrote it. So Vinny's idea may be one part of a solution, but it's not going to solve the problem. Let me just read you one sentence in a letter that I received yesterday, as luck would have it, from Chuck, Chet Burrell, who's the president and CEO of Care First, Blue Cross Blue Shield, okay. which ensures uh, 85% of the people in Maryland who have the, are on the individual plans. So what he said you know, was, without prompt legislative action, we believe the individual market segment will catastrophically fail in the next 12 to 24 months leaving tens of thousands of individuals without affordable coverage options. Now, he wrote this at the end of a period in which the Obama people were enforcing the law. So merely continuing to comply with the original Obamacare is not going to solve the problem. We got into this mess because the law was poorly conceived, and we need to get out of this mess by by amending the law in ways which are going to pro- continue to provide health care coverage for the people of Maryland. So let me ask you this question. So I, I think that anybody, um, almost all of us, who whether we have a small business like ours, where we provide health care, um, find that, that uh, health care costs are still exorbitant, exorbitant uh, insurance premiums. Um, it doesn't cover what it should. People still have to pay out of pocket fifteen hundred, twenty five hundred, three thousand dollars before anything kicks in. That all is a reality for many people. But that before the Affordable Care Act, 
and the individual mandate, it was even worse. So, so what? So when you, and so I, I agree with you. The problem is deeper, but what does that deeper mean, and where would you take it? I mean, what would you, what would your uh, focus be? Well, uh, the problem was worse for people who could not afford coverage before Obamacare. So, for those who now can afford coverage because they're being subsidized under Obamacare, the problem, their, their insurance situation has gotten better. But for people who were covered before Obamacare and paying reasonable premiums for their insurance and are now paying this this next year for a silver plan a family of four is going to it's going to cost them thirty two thousand dollars a year for their health care plus they have deductibles and co-pays so we're, we're basically pricing middle-class families out of the market could you stop um, interrupt you one second Chris T- take a step backwards yeah. I mean talk about them I mean what do you mean it will cost a family of four thirty two thousand dollars what what I mean I mean, I, we pay a lot if for health you, insurance. You go, under, if you go under Care First. Now, actually, there are, there are only two insurers left in Maryland. Right. Care First and Kaiser Permanente. Correct. There, there were 10 to 12 when this thing got started, but they all found they were losing so much money that the other 10 dropped out uh, and decided not to offer coverage anymore in Maryland. Uh, in fact, uh, Blue Cross Blue Shield is the only co- uh, insurer in western Maryland and on the eastern shore. Kaiser only offers their, its insurance in the, in the central Maryland counties. Mm-hmm. Um, Kaiser has one one mechanism, which is if you if you use them, the the premiums are lower, but you have to go to one of their facilities and use one of their doctors if you get sick or have a problem. So you've lost the right to use your doctor. Uh, that's over with. If you use Care First, you can use your own doctor, and that's why most of the people get insured with Care First. Mm-hmm. Under the Care First program, this next year, a family of four. Their cost of health care insurance is going to be $32,000 a year for the silver plan, which is the, the medium plan, the one that most people elect. And then on top of that, you've got to worry about the deductibles and the co-pays. So people in the middle class are being pr- basically priced out of the insurance market, and that's why Chet Burrell, uh, in his letter, says that, uh, in his view, the whole, pro- the whole system is going to implode within 12 to 24 months, and that we have to do something in the next legislative session to solve the problem. And if we don't do that, uh, we've got a big mess on our hands. So w- what would be your, you know, again, I mean, we don't have time for huge detail here, but you, know, you can get into a bunch. What would be your response to what Vinnie DeMarco and others are asking, healthcare for all are asking for, um, which is basically what the Massachusetts plan is, which is also a plan that was developed by the Republican Party in Massachusetts. They had Governor Romney, who was a Republican. Um, so and and uh, which many people would argue essentially is, is the Affordable Care Act uh, out of yeah. Washington under President Obama. So what what would you suggest in its place? I mean, what what takes its place and what answers the question? Well, I think Vin, Vinny's idea may end up being a good one. I've got some concerns about it, which mm-hmm. we could talk, discuss if you want. But again, uh, merely merely passing a law in Maryland which says that Maryland is going to enforce the existing Obamacare mandate. That's not in and of itself going to solve the problem. We've gotten into this mess because we've been following the original provisions of Obamacare, and we're in a a situation now where within a year or two, uh, two years, the whole system's going to collapse. So uh, Vinny has has an interesting idea, and it, it probably will be a portion of a much larger bill which will involve other elements. Um, and uh, the Care First people have given some suggestions. Uh, 
One of them is a, a hefty reinsurance program. And what does that mean? I've seen that in print, but what does that mean as a reinsurance program? It means the insurance company is going to not bear the whole risk itself. It's going to buy insurance from other insurance companies, which would kick in if, um, as, as, the, as the costs rise, other insurance companies will come in and will bear a portion of the risk, uh, to boil it down to a single sentence. Uh, of course, it costs money. The, insurance co- the uh, Blue Cross Blue Shield would have to pay other insurance companies to take on part of the risk. And, and they're not going to be willing to do that unless they think they're going to end up uh, um, with a profit rather than a loss. So the, the premiums for the reinsurance will be hefty. And where is that money going to come from? So Blue Cross Blue Shield suggests that those insurers that have left the individual market in Maryland but remain providing health insurance for uh, group plans, and there are 10 to 12 of those, should suffer an assessment because they're not playing in the individual market. They should be assessed a certain amount of money. They'd have to kick in to help subsidize the, the, uh, the losses in the individual market. That's one suggestion. Um, there, there are other, some other ideas as well. It gets very complicated, and none of this yes. has been modeled out yet. One thing we definitely have to do is engage an independent actuary to take the various proposals and all the data that exists, most of which Blue Cross Blue Shield has and can provide to them, and can model out what any one of these proposals would accomplish if we put into effect. It's, it's a complicated system, and all the, there are a lot of moving parts, and all the moving parts have to move in sync uh, and not crash, crash into each other. So... Um, there are some people who suggested we can get by just by passing a bill here or a bill there to do a little to make a little tweak or a little change. My my feeling is we need a comprehensive bill, which is going to take everything into account and be carefully modeled. So when we pass it, it will work, and this and this uh, individual market will not collapse. Seven percent of the people in Maryland are insured in the individual market. That's a lot of people. Uh, we cannot have the the uh, this this important part of the market just collapsed next year and leave 7% of Maryland families without health insurance. So um, in your time now in Annapolis, I'm curious where you think this will end up. I mean, do you think what you're describing, having these actuarial studies um, happen, will happen between January and April? What, what do you think will be the outcome here? I Well, you know, sometimes people do what they have to do. Uh, I, I think that... Um, the, the danger of not acting between now and April is extreme and could uh, could either require a special session in the middle of the election year, which nobody wants. Uh, so I think under the circumstances, uh, we will get our act together and we will move. I, said, I was on the Justice Reinvestment Task Force two years ago, and we were given exemption from what's called the crossover date, the date during the middle of the session when any bill to be considered by the other House has to have passed in the House in which it was introduced. Um, Justice reinvestment got exempted from crossover. My suggestion to both the Speaker and the President of the Senate um, is and was uh, that that they create a joint task force during the session with a charge of coming up with a bill that makes sense. By the way, I think the governor will be on board on this. The governor has made has stated that we need to do something in a bipartisan fashion, which will not cause the people of Maryland to lose their health insurance. The, the governor so, also wrote that was one of thirteen governors to write a letter saying. And he did not agree with Congress ending the individual mandate. Absolutely. 
I think the governor's, uh, governor's on board to come up with a solution to the problem. And again, I keep emphasizing <laughs> the individual mandate may be a piece of this, but merely enforcing the individual mandate will not solve the problem. If that's all we do, we're going to have a bad situation a year from now. Um, I don't know how strongly I can stress that. Sometimes you lose sight of the forest for the trees. Mm-hmm. Um, and if the tree is the individual mandate, we need to keep the entire forest in mind. Well, Chris Press, this is always a pleasure to talk to you. Um, you have a, 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 a good knack for clarity with uh, putting your positions out for the citizens to wrestle with. And uh, I appreciate you taking the time here with our podcast here for the Annapolis Summit. Um, and Delegate Chris West is, represents uh, District 32B, 42B, excuse me, uh, in Bucolic, Baltimore County. <laughs> so, Chris, thank you good so much. Good to talk to you, Mark. Always. Join us at the Annapolis Summit. Just go to thedailyrecord.com slash Annapolis dash summit and hit purchase tickets and join us there January the 10th from 7.30 to 10 a.m. at the Governor Calvert House. Your chance to talk directly to Governor Larry Hogan, Senate President Mike Miller, and House Speaker Michael Bush. Be part of your future. Thanks for listening to our podcast. This program was produced and edited by Calvin Perry with assistance from our intern, Nora Belvidia. You can download the podcast and more at steinershow.org and on iTunes or on your favorite podcasting app. Find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter by searching for The Mark Steiner Show. And please let us know what you think. Write me at mark at steinershow.org. We'll be back in a couple more days with a brand new podcast.